Hello and welcome to 1111 with me, Kirsty Olive. In this episode, I talk to Victoria, who is a self-intimacy coach. We talk about orgasm, pleasure, relationships, trauma, healing, and redefining orgasm and sex and self-inquiry. This was such an interesting episode for me to record. A lot of it is very connected to the work that I do as well. It's just that we do it in different ways and different forms, which is really amazing to see just some different kind of perspectives and some different ways of explaining things. So I know that you are going to love this episode just as much as I love recording it. So here she is. Namaste and enjoy. So welcome, Victoria, and thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. For those who are listening, I'm going to let Victoria introduce herself. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? I'm a self-intimacy coach. And uh, for me, that means that I help people to get in touch and connect to all parts of themselves, not just the ones that they like, not just the ones that they think they are sexy, but all parts. And uh, <clears throat> this journey for me started from me struggling with orgasms. So it was really a very physical uh, kind of symptom of me uh, not being able to allow myself to really um, feel pleasure and riding the waves as they came. And I started to, to learn a lot about that. And uh, I became an erotic blueprint coach. That was the first uh, method or I don't know framework that the, the good way to, that uh, was very holistic for me so there are five blueprints energetic sensual sexual kinky and shapeshifter at the time I didn't know that I'm a shapeshifter so actually I need the whole spectrum to allow to come out and play and I just need this this uh, beautiful juice, juicy journey in my life so this is what inspired everything and um, originally I started to work with uh, other women who were struggling with orgasms because that was the area where I, I knew the most because at that time I already became like super orgasmic and I just wanted to share this with people. Um, but what I found is just so much shame and women feeling totally broken. I felt broken as well and left out like if something would missing from me, and um, and and then I realized that actually not just women who are struggling with it, with orgasms. I talked to so many women who are not able to feel pleasure, or they don't feel as alive as they want to be. Or um, and I I started to create this kind of practices and uh, play sessions that to inspire them. So. Uh, this is what I do, and it's cons constantly evolving according to what I see and find. One thing that I absolutely love about this and about the work that you do is something that I'm quite familiar with myself as I introduce within one of my own programs, actually. We kind of work on this, and I introduce the ladies to this. 
And one thing that's always really interesting to me is that one thing that I do is I begin to talk about and kind of break down the barriers around, for example, self-pleasure and orgasm or even orgasm in relationships. And what happens is that I'm discussing this with the women. They often realize oh, it's not just me who's experienced this. There's other women. And yes, there's so many other women who are currently going through or have gone through something similar. And I just love that now in this space, we're getting to talk about it for everybody on the podcast to hear, because like you said, there is a lot of shame around it. And there's a lot of women out there feeling like alone, maybe embarrassed or like they're broken, like they have nobody to turn to. Yes. Like maybe I'll never have an orgasm or maybe I'll never be able to experience pleasure or that intimacy with myself. And stories like yours yeah to show that not only is it possible but it is possible to completely like thrive and totally rewrite that script absolutely tell us a little bit about like how do you work with your clients like how do the people who are listening begin to explore this side of themselves and understand this side of themselves um I have kind of like a transformational journey. So it's a whole coaching program that is based on the erotic blueprint uh, breakthrough program, because that just allows me to provide people and um, with uh, language in some ways, because it just makes every dynamic and what is happening so visible and easy to understand then before while before they didn't have the words they just didn't know what didn't click and then all of a sudden they are just like oh my energetic just got panicked and i was just shut down and they know what is happening and especially when you struggle with pleasure uh, you want to understand what's going on so that you can change the things and so it helped me to understand i'm quite a heady person this is why i'm so grateful for my body to be here and give me other responses as well that are not uh, coming from my mind so that i can come from truth so uh, so the, we do a map of arousal as well to see what is working for them and i also create quite a lot of practices for them we we work through the barriers and blockages that they built um against pleasure um in some ways if i could see but it's not just pleasure but i find still like expansion in some ways and and uh, so many times pleasure is almost uh, experienced as stress it's an all of a sudden my nervous system it goes to this other state and i just don't know how to handle it so so we do this program or I started to organize very easily uh, available play and practice sessions, group sessions uh, in a webinar format so that people can um, join in total privacy. Nobody will know they are there. The camera is not on, etc. And they are quite different topic. So, for example, I have an Unleashed series, which is quite kinky. This Sunday, I'm going to do a self-spanking one. And then I have uh, awakening sessions when we working on skills like awakening the hands, for example, and feeling more the energy and uh, practice sessions. I really wanted something where people can um, access to this kind of ins uh, inspiring practices like so many people want to exercise, 
but you don't start to do just something at home, but you do, you go to classes. So this is kind of what I started to build up. And now I started to record these sessions so that I can put them in a membership program where whoever joins can find those as well. So whichever level. Yep. I love that you said, for example, if you wanted to start exercising, like you'd go to classes and yes it's the same it's the yes. same when it comes to this which I think in the past it's been as you said there's been a lot of shame surrounding this and so then when women are experiencing maybe problems in this area like they're unable to maybe they don't know how to self-pleasure maybe they only know how to self-pleasure in one way and it's more of a stress release rather than like an intimate yes. experience, which often happens. And because of that, these women feel like broken or as if they only have one pleasure pathway and maybe it's not fully satisfying them. And it's really important to realize that self-pleasure is a skill. Yeah, it's a skill that can be built up that can be learned that can be explored and when we come at self-pleasure and self-intimacy from a place of curiosity rather than a place of fear of like what if I'm not doing it right what if it never works for me or, or even for example with the end goal having to be orgasm sometimes women are putting that pressure on themselves to get to orgasm so then when it's not happening they feel as if they've failed they feel as if they're not doing it right and by having open conversations and containers and classes and workshops surrounding this I just feel like it's so magical because it's like you, you don't have to do this alone yeah okay you are going to be doing it alone <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you can't have somebody to guide you. That doesn't mean that you can't have somebody to learn from. That doesn't mean that you can't have a community of people who are going on this journey with you. And I just think that is so powerful. Absolutely. And especially for the nervous system, for getting used to being in the energy while feeling safe and open to explore where whatever is your reaction is accepted uh, it's just so important, especially because with pleasure and self-intimacy, but I find that we start to be present for what's going on in our body. And it's not always pleasure that comes comes up because finally there is a space for your sadness to be released and when you go through that sadness then finally you expand into another place where miracle can happen that you have never even imagined that you will feel that way one day so when you don't even expect pleasure but allow yourself to be there and and learn to do that it just opens a very new um, way for people and when I can experience and see that it's so beautiful yeah absolutely and something that you've just said there really struck a chord with me and it's something that I repeat a lot I repeat it all the time when it comes to self-pleasure but when it comes to anything even like meditation or any other practice in life is that just come to it by coming into the body and having the experience without this expectation of like, oh, this is what it should feel like, or this is what should be happening. Because often when we do that, 
It's because we're in our head, we're not in our body. So we're thinking about, oh, this is what I should be doing, or this is what I should be feeling. And then if I'm not feeling that, I must be doing something wrong. Whereas if we come into self-pleasure or any practice from the experience of, oh, this is how it feels in my body, this is interesting, and getting curious about that, rather than placing an expectation on ourselves of this is how it should feel. When we often have a more deep and intimate and expansive experience. Absolutely. I also talk to quite a lot of women who feel numb. And one of the, the main thing that I that is coming up, it's, it's really numbness that I feel nothing. Um, when actually they do, it is all, also something, a very different sensation, what they are expecting, just as you were talking about it. Also, quite a, a lot of the time, I find that there's quite a lot of energetic block. So it is really the slight, very light touches, very gentle presence, and really just presence itself makes the miracles. But it is just so underappreciated and underrated that they did they don't even try and but when they allow themselves to stay with this what we call numbness uh but it's just like i feel nothing it's totally fine then feel nothing then then all of a sudden thing start to happen and maybe from this nothing first comes arises pain because some pain was blocked and then if we panic at this time and we think that we've done something wrong and we close and shut down again, then we just stay more in that place. But when someone can give you space and can facilitate that for you, you feel empowered and, and it's much easier to explore and allow yourself to go there. Just recently I had uh, someone asked me to help, uh, help with her uh, vagina. She felt very numb, even though she could have orgasms and everything. And what we found, it was totally, it was the point in time when she remembered that she felt pain she totally overrated what she felt and what she wanted to do just to um, make her partner happy and she just stayed in that shut down place for years and she thought that she just totally lost uh, her sensitivity and she, and when we when she realized that it was actually because she overread that and because the pain couldn't come through uh, and she could allow herself to feel that pain again the sensitivity as just like in the life just came back just like this wow and that's something actually that i can really relate to not on a self pleasure level but actually it's interesting how all of these things are very like interconnected because as you were saying that, it really, really described my experience many years ago when I was suffering with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. And so not like to do with say like sexual or anything, but in fact, emotionally, I was completely numb. Mm. Emotionally, I felt nothing. And I'd be speaking to my doctor, my therapist and stuff like that. And at the time, because I was, I was quite young, I, I didn't really know as much as I know now. And I was saying to them, I just feel nothing. Like I feel empty. I feel completely numb. And it was mm. scary. And it was, you know, through doing a lot of, you know, trauma work and self-connection and stuff like that and exploring like inviting in and sensitizing my 
yourself again to those emotions. But like you said, I had to be willing to invite in whatever it was that I had blocked out, you know, so the pain, the fear, the anxiety, the trauma, it had become so strong for me that I had pushed it all away. And in doing so, not only had I pushed those negative experiences away, but I had also blocked myself from love and pleasure and joy and happiness. And actually through creating that emotional intimacy with myself again and that connection with myself again and inviting the negative emotions back in and realizing that actually I can hold this, I can feel this and still be safe in my body. That is when all of the beautiful, joyful, expansive emotions also were able to come back in. So it's really interesting how you were describing something like to do physically with the body there that exactly described my experience with like the dissociation and the numbness through trauma, which is just amazing. It's really, really interesting to hear that. Yes. Um, um, especially about numbness, when women tell me that they feel numb, uh, it, I tell them that that means that they are super sensitive and they don't believe me. <laughs> I was like, it is, you are super sensitive and it's just hard to handle that much sensitivity, that much sensation, that levels of pleasure or ecstasy, because you, because so little actually would be enough for you to even just have an orgasm. And uh, safety is a key word there. Grounding yourself is a key word there, absolutely. And, uh, and I don't just work with the body. So when I say we work with the blocks, it quite a lot of goes uh, on an energetic and emotional level. And I had a client and, and we didn't even had any physical work. So actually, but she, she couldn't afford to go through the whole program. So I was like, what about uh, doing a five session program uh, where we go through the blockages that you have? And when we go through the blockages, that's also quite a lot of energy and uh, emotional intensity coming through. And she just had this session when we, at the end, she felt one with the universe. And that was her needle mover in this thing. And when I asked her, like, I think it was two years ago, and just recently I asked her, like, what what would she recommend for others? And she was like, there is a part of yourself that you just not ready to face and it's very hard to face alone uh, but when you can do that um, that opens the door for everything and this is what made her orgasmic and that's very different from how science sees for example orgasms like I my clitoris is very far away from my vagina so according to science I wouldn't even be able to have orgasms and I have all kind of orgasms thank god I didn't know that before I started this journey so, so yes um, that's the thing I know from my own kind of experience in the womb healing and self-pleasure and women's health world that science knows surprisingly little about women's health and women's even women's anatomy and yes. pleasure and stuff like that it's it's actually shocking how little science knows about these subjects 
And I remember, I talked about this a lot in my programs. I remember growing up and first of all, my first period being like a traumatic experience mm. because I had been told, you know, it'll just be a little drop. It'll be nothing to worry about. And when it comes, it won't oh. be painful. And of course, the opposite was true. It was not a drop. I was soaked through with blood. It was painful. I oh. was, and that left me quite traumatized. Of course. Because I thought, well, I've just been lied to by the teachers who taught me this, or the parents who taught me this, or the people in my life who told me this. Mm. And so immediately from a young age, I felt like betrayed or unsupported or a lack of trust around these kind of subjects, you know? And of course, as you grow up then, that bleeds out into other areas like your sexual yes. life, you know, because <clears throat> it's the same when it comes to that, like the education that we get around sex is don't do it basically. Otherwise, you know, bad things will happen. Wait till you're married. Sex is a function just to have babies. That's it. And we don't get taught about pleasure, which is like the most important part of sex, you know, and we don't get taught about it. We don't get taught about how to experience self-pleasure or even sexual relationships as a tool for like self-inquiry and exploration and curiosity and growth instead we just get taught that like it's a function to have babies and that's it and so it's almost as if as women we we have to go through this journey not anymore because of people like yourself and obviously like myself kind of bringing more light to it but I certainly felt like when I was growing up that I had to go through this journey of like making terrible mistakes and feeling a lot of shame and feeling a lot of like trauma and pain around my sexual exploration and stuff because there wasn't that education. There wasn't that openness to talk about it and to learn. It's just expected that you'll kind of know it or you can explore it on your own when in actual fact we shouldn't have to explore these things on our own you know we should be able to learn from each other and talk about it and get support when it's not working you know and get support to find a way to do it in a, in a healthy loving and self-compassionate way rather than a, a fear-based way which is definitely what I experienced in my younger years which then is opens a whole other thing because then you have to then heal from that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and there is so many there are so many things that we don't consider sex education, but actually also just uh, becomes a part of us when you what you see in movies. And I'm not just talking about porn because always people are always talking about porn and how bad. But I think the same when you see movies, how sex is there. But even romantic novels as well, it's also misinformation about how your sex life will be or how you feel that it's and it's totally okay that sometimes to just you just um, turn off and then what can you do? Uh, and that's totally normal as well. So I absolutely relate to that. And um, 
And I find it so important to have intimacy around talking about sex as well. So, so that it can be anything um, that we experience and, and there's space there to put my, uh, um, my challenges, my good experiences or whatever and, and realizing patterns or, or having people I can trust to. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that by just even having these conversations, it helps to break down a lot of that shame and maybe like embarrassment or fear that people feel, you know, and to kind of just normalize it. Like, why is it that it, it isn't just a normal thing to talk to other women about sex or about problems that you're having to do with sex or orgasm or self-pleasure, you know? Like, why is it that we can talk to our girlfriends about problems at work with a colleague, but we can't talk openly to, you know, the women in our life about problems that we're having to do with sex or yes. intimacy? <clears throat> like, to me, I think that it should just be completely normal to talk about that stuff. And I think that the more we talk about it, and the more that we break down that shame around it, the more empowered we will all become in our personal sex life when it comes to self-inquiry and intimacy and pleasure. But then also like with partners as well, like in the future, you know, because I think that a lot of the problems, not all, but I think a lot of the problems, and you can let me know if you might also notice this or if you have a different view. But I've noticed that a lot of the problems that when I'm speaking to women and maybe they have a problem, um, like a sexual problem in a relationship or an intimacy problem in a relationship, I generally notice that that stems from like the, the relationship that they have with themselves, you know, the intimacy or the sexual relationship that they have with themselves. So for example, sometimes I will be chatting to like a client or somebody and they'd be telling me that they love their husband and their husband is amazing and so perfect and they love him so much. And yeah. you already know how it's going to be continued. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But they just don't get satisfied in the bedroom or they yeah. don't get what they want or their husband will finish, but they'll not you know, continue on or make sure that, you know, she's getting the pleasure or enjoyment that she wants from it. And like always, every single time when we dig into the root of it, like it's always kind of that they, she doesn't even know what she really wants, you know? She hasn't explored herself on an intimate level or gotten to know herself on an intimate level and become confident enough in this is what I want and this is how I communicate that then to another person you know but it stems with the relationship with yourself first and foremost 
Absolutely. I hear quite a lot of men as well saying that to me that it's so sad that I know my wife or my partner and their bodies way more than they do. But I just want them to be there to, to really be at that place so that we can really explore what is what is more for us. So so sometimes it's just like so sad and but at the same time beautiful to hear that that there is this need from from partners to to make their partners happy as we mean we are so um isolated from our body in some way or and and we are told how we should feel behave look while we are in bed with someone and it's 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 a conditioning that it just works against us so much and i i cooperate with a sex shop and the number of times I hear from people uh, that they are looking for the uh, female Viagra, it's just, I understand the need, but it just breaks my heart. And I, I am like, in some level, I hope that they won't have a female Viagra to override all or bodily responses that we have because they are there for a reason. And if we start to override them, it's just going to close us even more off. And it's just a source of so much pain. Yeah, it creates it creates more disconnection. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's something that not even just female Viagra, but to do with a lot of you know, different maybe treatments or medications to do with any like pain or personal issue. Yeah, exactly. We even just told to drink some wine to to don't feel that much pelvic pain when they feel pain, and 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 whenever they don't feel like, uh, almost like they perceive with inconvenience all the things, while the pussy is just an, an apologetic way and force. Uh, of power and is telling us that I need a safe space so that I can feel I want connection or whatever the pussy wants because pussy wants sometimes being angry or whatever and show emotions uh, so it is it seems like an inconvenience but it's actually the key to go forward just like as you told before as well so self-exploration this is why it's so important and I'm very I'm so grateful for my body and not being able to orgasms the way to have orgasms the way I wanted them so that I had to stop and learn to listen and being aware and really ask for the space and not tolerate anything less than what feels uh, right for me and it's really a journey to reclaim power in our lives this is how I see an orgasmic journey but not just orgasms it, it, uh, because it is really about pleasure but when I, but but orgasms and the kind of struggle around that it just uh, also a, a way to kind of push and inspire us to look forward look into that uh, challenge yeah I mean definitely orgasm can be a very clear message or lack of orgasm can be a very clear message from your body about how you are responding to or allowing pleasure in your life yeah. so when we try and maybe override this message that our body is giving us by maybe female viagra or something like that instead of learning maybe the pathways and the needs of what our body is asking for us, we're not actually healing 
the root issue because orgasm or the pleasure in the body is a message about the pleasure in your life yeah so oftentimes a woman who is saying oh i can't experience orgasm no matter how hard i try it's not just about orgasm because then if you look at the rest of her life she's probably not allowing pleasure into her life in these other areas like in the rest of her life maybe she's blocking herself off from pleasure as well we are we are like really taught to feel ashamed of pleasure of feeling pleasure because we are the gatekeepers we shouldn't allow it we shouldn't express it we shouldn't feel it unless we are with our partners actually husbands or whatever but 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 there is so much uh of this female essential power suppression um in the way we um we teach like even little girls how to feel or how to be girls or women later on yeah wow i think as well that i don't know if this is maybe a part of the work you do or or if it's not so you can let me know but one thing that i think is really interesting as well so obviously we've been talking about like healing and working through self-intimacy to experience orgasm but one thing that i find really interesting is for example for women who maybe are struggling to orgasm is using pleasure in other ways of their life as well to maybe heal that relationship to maybe build into orgasm so maybe if they've got a lot of blocks or trauma around sex or orgasm or something maybe opening them up to feel pleasure in a less sexual way you know just in other areas of their life can help them to heal absolutely uh it's really one of the foundational ways that i work with women to feel uh and because compartmentalizing sex sexual energy and orgasms and putting in the box that is sex it's already cutting you off of all the potentials almost that you have in other places of life or for example when i work with a client and they show up i don't even expect them to feel pleasure it's totally fine whatever comes up and going with that so that's one side of the thing uh, the other thing is, and I'm really grateful for the blueprints here, is that how many different ways we experience pleasure. For example, if I am an energetic, uh, mostly, then I know that I what, what makes me feel fulfilled. So, um, and we started to organize, kind of like a teach them to have feeding sessions, when you really give yourself the kind of pleasure that works for you. And that sometimes it's totally not sexual but it comes from a very different place so that's also one layer of of what we do or if you are a sensual maybe just like allowing yourself to feel all of all those sensual amazing sensations then you can uh, you can uh, already feel more fulfilled and then you are more rela- relaxed and then you can be more open to do other things if you want to mm-hmm. And the, the other ways, especially around pleasure, and it's that, uh, hence we have so much shame and charge around pleasure. Um, 
like experiencing ourselves and our aliveness because sometimes I don't know I can't really like not put together sexual pleasure and alive like put uh, probably separate sexual pleasure and aliveness for me it's coming like so together so the more I can allow myself to feel alive in any way uh, without pleasure that I already have quite a lot of uh, charge around I can practice to feel this kind of uh changes or expansion or um even like like coming back to pleasure and and realizing that oh actually i just need some some grounding and then i can come back or sometimes i just uh ask people to practice that like okay in this moment is what would feel pleasurable to you and then their brain start to think about okay where are my yeses and then I go in the direction of my yeses um, and that doesn't need to be in sex um, I done quite a lot of orgasmic meditation for example and that really helped me a lot to uh, to feel into this more as well and I'm just so grateful because all these little things uh become or base to feel safe in our body to feel safe in our lives absolutely and i love that you said that because like if this is even a big part it's interesting because even though our work is different it's very similar in so many ways you know because what you're describing is a lot of the work that i do with clients as well around you know inviting pleasure and following pleasure and sensitizing themselves to pleasure but also the other stuff yeah the stuff that that's not as nice the sadness the grief and stuff but what's interesting is that and something that you just mentioned is that that feeling of being alive like that feeling of making love to life you know like it doesn't have to yeah. be like is a self-pleasure practice but actually just as if you're in love with life every day and making love to life and experiencing the true pleasure that life has to offer but oftentimes a lot of women because of I mean there's so many different reasons you know but a lot of women are blocked off not only from the pleasure in their own bodies but from the pleasure of life you know um and I know that for me, certainly anyway, when I was growing up and when I was younger, I was very depressed. I was very anxious. I thought that life was all bad, that there was like no pleasure or joy or happiness to be had. And I really deeply believed that that was life. I didn't mm -hmm. ever, ever imagine that now at nearly 30 years old I would be waking up every day like truly deeply like in love with life and feeling that pleasure and joy in life but also in my body every single way in almost like it's hard to describe you know like a very ecstatic very like hypnotic almost way and it's it's interesting because I've been through that journey and I've seen what it what it is like to be completely blocked off from that mm. to now being the complete opposite of that and but previously when I was younger like really genuinely believing that that was the only way 
to be. Like I couldn't have possibly imagined, even if I tried, that there was a way to live like this and yes. just how beautiful and magical it would be. Yes. You know, it's very hard to explain or put into words, you know, and it's it's impossible to imagine, you know, without actually being able to, to through, you know, the work that you are doing, being able to guide people through that, that journey and that experience and myself guiding people through that journey and experience to allow them to actually feel it and believe it in their own bodies and in their own life. Because sometimes I think you can say it to somebody, but they're still like, oh, that would never happen for me. I can't imagine living life that way or can't imagine having like truly orgasmic sex or pleasure and actually being able to guide people like from that place of disconnection and fear and shame into that place of like total sexual female empowerment mm. like I'm so glad that we get to be here in this <laughs> time and to be a part of it it's it's just so yeah. amazing then I was um I'm 46 and and my orgasmic journey actually started at when I was 35. So it was, I can say quite late, but I know people who started their orgasmic journey at 64. So it's just exactly. ne never late. And at that time, I really didn't know where to go because I was like, I don't feel like I need therapy or this is this is something that I, and I, I'm really, really happy that, um, that I, that I found the books and they were quite also recent books about orgasm. So what the resources I started to find were amazing, but they, most of them didn't, uh, ex hadn't existed like 50 years ago, for example. And, um, and when I see this spreading is really beautiful, even though to be honest, I also feel quite a lot of hope triggering that can be for quite a lot of people as well. Like, like seeing me uh, or anybody else in true pleasure and, and and enjoying myself it is not so easy for everybody to to see no it's not and I think that a lot of it really comes down to first of all this like conditioning that has been happening for a very long time around women and the female body and sexuality which it's really important to recognize that like as women we are just sexual by nature it's yes. just the, it's the essence of who we are you know and that's not a bad thing but there has definitely been a conditioning around that so that a lot of a lot of people like women and men included like really really feel strongly against women owning their sexual nature and i don't know if you know know this person or not have you ever heard of kelly brogan mm -hmm. so she's amazing and um, you should definitely look her up but she actually used to be a psychotherapist and have a women's center and she then began to realize and understand, like, hang on a second, I'm not actually fixing the root 
pause here? Like, what is going on? And she then began to question everything she thought she would knew. Totally unraveled it all, totally changed everything that she does. And now, rather than just giving people medications and therapy, now she teaches people how to get back into connection with themselves and to own their sexual power. But she's quite open on social media and Instagram with like, you know, dancing and showing off her body and pole dancing and talking about like her sexual desires and that side of herself. And it's so empowering and amazing to see. But also what's really interesting to see is how much shaming she gets at the same time. Yeah, like she'll get people calling her a slut or a whore or stuff like uh, and things like that. And it's just, it's really, it, it, it really highlights just how deeply ingrained those belief systems are and just why it's so important for women like Kelly, for women like ourselves, to be open and to share and to talk about it and to be fearless because then it opens the door for other women to do the same. And I'm not saying that every woman has to go on Instagram and pole dance and show off her body, but it just allows women to realize that actually it's okay for me to be sexual. Like there is nothing wrong with that. And in yeah. fact, just because even if somebody does think I'm a slut, like, how does that affect my day in any way? It really doesn't, you know, it really doesn't. But it can take, it can take a lot to be able to connect with that part of yourself as a woman when there is so much shaming and, and fear-based, like finger pointing going on in the world. Yeah. It's a big step. It's a scary step to be able to own that power. Yes, and and it's also I can understand for so many clients. This is one of the challenges that why I don't want to be orgasmic that much because then I'm gonna be too much, and then I'm going to be actually vulnerable and and what I will what I will be told. I just had recently an interview um, for the television, and they wanted, and I was as I told like I have. 30, 40 orgasms maybe like in an evening when I'm with my partner and we and he knows me, etc. And she was like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I would really like that. And then I had to, um, I mean, I did kind of like a little bit of self-pleasure energetic one mostly because they wanted to see how non-touching also can affect us. And I started to have the energetic responses, but I didn't go to orgasms because I was around like lots of people yeah. and stuff but I started to have the kriyas I started to have the movement and then she was like oh my god I just feel so traumatized to see that because it just feels like you lost control and everything and I told like this is one of the reasons why we don't have 30 40 orgasms a night because you just feel like you don't have control because you're just riding the waves and and it is on a, all of kind of a state as well that you have to be able to handle uh, emotionally and energetically as well and physically the same thing so it is like I so I can understand and this is where I am always like um, how much I can show authentically of what I am and 
um, the older I am, the more I am able to sew. Uh, and uh, but it is challenging because I also don't want to like traumatize people, of course. But at the same time, I also I also want to show people that that's also possible possible and how things are for me because authentically this is what I can show. Yeah, and it's so interesting. Like it. It fascinates me, like to to hear you say that this woman said she was traumatized by that, and it's just it's just a really really fascinating thing when a woman can be traumatized by another woman being in an orgasmic state. You know, it's just it's so interesting, and it it just really really again goes to show the deep level of like fear and and conditioning that has been surrounding like the female sexuality and pleasure you know yes. something that is like so primal and so intrinsic to our feminine nature has become something like so enmeshed in like fear and shame that is like so far from the truth of what pleasure is, you know, like the pleasure is just who we are. In some ways, I, I agree. And in some ways, I have to say, this is what pleasure for her. And this is where we can start because we have to accept that pleasure is a scary space for me. When I can be traumatized, if I allow myself to feel uh, and go to that place. So... So for me, allowing people to redefine pleasure all the time according to what they experience um, is just uh, so helpful in a way to, to align themselves to, to have more um, authentic, juicy experiences as much as they can allow in at that time. It's just, I, I really wanted to like show that how we imagine that ecstasy is and how we're experiencing it, it can be two very different ways. And especially for the nervous system, a big expansion. And after a big expansion, you can have a very contractive phase. And when you know that, when you can hold space for you, to for yourself to be with that and protect yourself and support yourself through that, then you can heal these kind of traumas. You can heal these kind of, free, of uh, fears inside of yourself. Absolutely. And I, I just absolutely love the way that you described that, you know, and I think it's really important for anybody listening to just be able to absorb that and to realize, as you said, that pleasure doesn't look the same for all of us. And in fact, sometimes pleasure might look different for each of us at different times. And that pleasure isn't like this one end goal that we get to in fact pleasure is a journey pleasure is explore exploration pleasure is growth and inquiry you know like it's it's not this point that we're going to get to at some point in time of like this is the goal of of pleasure like this is where I want to get to it's more about as you said for some people pleasure is trauma at the moment you know that's where they are with it it's it's fear and actually allowing them to just accept that and to be like, okay, well, that's okay. And yeah. to, to just explore that side 
of it for now and, and maybe see what happens, see what doesn't happen. Yes, exactly. Know? And Depends which levels are feel safe for me to to go in, in that area, absolutely. I think that's so important. And one thing that you, you mentioned a while back, but I do want to circle back to this because I just think it's really important, is you mentioned sometimes you get men saying to you, like, I really want to pleasure my partner, but she's self-conscious or this or that, and I really want to know how to pleasure her. And this is really important for women to hear because oftentimes a lot of the women who when I start talking to them they say I don't let my partner go down on me because I don't want him to see me from that angle or I worry that he's getting bored or I worry that if I take too long that he's thinking like oh my god what the hell you know and it's really interesting to realize that the partner isn't the enemy you know and in fact in these situations the partner wants to pleasure just like the woman wants to pleasure the man the man wants to pleasure the woman and it's often just that they need that they need the exploration as well. They need the curiosity as well. And one thing that I noticed a lot, right, in this space online where people are very vocal behind their computers and saying stuff, I often see like pictures on Instagram and Facebook where they, they'll make a joke about men not knowing where the clit is. You know, like those like, oh, they're funny pictures about like men have no idea where the clit is or the men like treating the clit as if he's washing a car or, do you know, just something yes. silly like that. And in fact, I think when you mentioned the, the men, the men's side of it, it really just popped into my head because I think people, women need to know this is that like we can empower the men. Yeah, when we share pictures and images like this online, it's really disempowering to the guys and it creates disconnection with them. When in actual fact, we as women aren't the only ones that were uneducated around sex. So are they. They are yeah, uneducated yeah. around sex as well. Like they know just as much as as we do you know like and in fact if we can maybe reframe a little bit from oh they're doing a bad job or oh they just don't know where the clit is or oh they they always finish and they don't help me if we can reframe a little bit to how about we explore this and journey about this together you know like how about yeah. i realize that he's just doing his best from his current level of knowledge and understanding. And so am I. And so let's see if we can find a way to learn, both yeah. of us learn individually or together and to bring this into our sexual exploration. Like think about how much more expansive that would be. Like that curiosity and that compassion rather than that shaming of like oh they don't know where the clit is <laughs> you know how about empowering them how about 
first of all, learning how to experience that in our own bodies with ourselves so that when we're in a relationship, we can feel confident enough to guide our partner, to empower our partner to pleasure us. Yeah, which I think is something that's really important as well. Obviously, we're talking about self-intimacy and self-pleasure, but a lot of this manifests in relationships of like maybe feeling like that other person isn't doing a good job when in actual fact we can totally take ownership of that situation absolutely them as well as ourselves and this is where it starts it starts with self-intimacy um because this is where you can focus on yourself first learn to listen in attune and feel what you need and what you want and then you cannot easily ask from somebody else and it's totally fine that at the beginning, especially when when you don't have a when you don't when you uh, have a partner, but you didn't do the work to tell that I don't know how I will react, and I'm here to explore, and I'm going to give you feedbacks, and and they go then they are very happy to have that. To be honest, especially when I am like when I'm having sex, I don't really think clear and I don't really think like how oh, should I communicate things but when I'm coming from a place of pleasure and I'm just like just hold your hand there just just a little bit more a oh, little bit more pleasure pressure then it's they this is what they will do because most men are just like so grateful and happy and I am doing exactly what she wants I am doing exactly the way she wants it so it's like it's a really good thing like and they, I, they want to be able to do that. It's yes, just that I mean, most of them, I'm not, yeah, so, I mean, some of them probably not. And that's a different topic, but we are talking about those. And there are so many men who are really want to please their partner, who really want her to have the best experience. And some, and so many of them also don't know what they do. They also struggled with all the shame and all the expectations about how they should behave, what they should, or they should perform and what they should do. And they don't even get enough information from us to really do what we want them to do. And so many men are, um, are like really there for us to please them. And we are so afraid to look into our pleasure that we want to please them instead. So we just find like two people who just don't know how to please the other person and because they don't know how to please themselves at the first place. And it really doesn't help uh, the situation in some way. So yes, exploring first alone is a really good place and then you can communicate more easily. And then you know from first uh, hand that you can ask for things, that you can go to places and that's okay. I remember when first uh, I was in a session with a, the sexological body worker and he asked me, what, what do I need to know about you erotically? And I was like, how the heck should I answer this question? Because I just didn't know like what to tell. Um, and no, it's just like so easy. I, I say like in the erotic blueprints, I'm a shapeshifter. I need a whole variety of things and I just like contrast. It's, it's, and I take responsibility for my for my feelings and whatever is going to come up, I will communicate with you. Is this enough for you? You, are, you want to know more? And then they can tell something. But at the time I was like, I don't know what you say to this. And, and that's the thing is that this is why these conversations are so important because a lot of women are, they don't know how to verbalize or how to vocalize or even how to understand 
what it is that they want. So how can they get what they want if they don't know how to understand that or to vocalize that? And so when we have these conversations and when we kind of expand our understanding and our vocabulary around pleasure, it then kind of gives us the, the words, because then somebody might be listening to this and say like, oh, that's me, that makes sense, you know? And then they know then to look more into that or they know then for next time they're in one of these situations that, okay, like this is an opportunity for me to learn to use this new communication or this new vocabulary around pleasure that I've, I've just learned. But if, if they don't know it, then how are they supposed to vocalize it? And it's totally fine also to have just exploration sessions. Then you are like, I want to know uh, how many different ways we can pleasure my clitoris, for example. And are you in? And, and when it is said, that it's totally fine for both parties to feel anything and they can they can tell that and there is no so there's not it is not sex and it's not about the relationship it is like really a place to explore then they can come out um so many different ways and new sensations and then they can have their own vocabulary as well like like do that not just like do that thing with the thing but but maybe you will gonna have a special name for a touch that you like and they will know that and in this way it's totally fine that you don't know at the beginning what you want because you want to explore let's see what kind of toys we have have some lube uh or or just have the first uh, like a mopping session and let's see how does it feel when you just put your hand here and and just and just put it there for a little bit and then give me more pressure uh, pressure etc and go in that direction just with the clitoris you can spend weeks yeah. <laughs> to explore and it's it's really interesting for both parties and you can have time frame. I really liked in orgasmic meditation the time frame part that when something ends, that is, uh, it's not uh, connected to me having an orgasm, for example, or reaching a kind of state. But it is just like you can even say, can we spend five minutes with exploring something, and then in this five minutes you try to be as present as you can, as open as, as you can, and you just uh, tell what you want and feel. Yeah, I think that's really such a good idea because as I said, a lot of women who I maybe speak with in the beginning, they say, oh, I worry about if I'm taking too long or, you know, so by exploring in that way and bringing some playfulness, into it rather than like the seriousness of like, I have to orgasm here. It takes away a lot of the tension from the body and from the experience, Absolutely. which uh, then will allow them to have a better experience overall. Yeah, one of the first things was for me when I, on my orgasmic journey, that I decided I don't want to work for an orgasm because it's just, everything becomes work rather than me being connected to the pleasures. I was like, I don't care about the orgasms. If I can't have them, I accept that. I want to have the best time I can. And this is when I started to become orgasmic. Yeah. So from, from that 
from that decision that I will go with the pleasure because I was so disconnected from the pleasure and then I just had this frustration to like coming closer to coming and then I just falling back and coming for it and and it was work and it wasn't the pleasure itself and um, or just not allowing anybody to uh, like a partner pushing me and, and having that expectation that they wanted me to come I'm as an energetic I can feel that I can feel the pressure and I was like would you like if somebody would say like this like can you come and now and now <laughs> it really feels like this <laughs> when somebody, it's almost like they would be in your face and like looking like this and can you perform now and now and, and I, I did that to myself as well waiting for for coming and having an orgasm so I was like I want to feel the pleasure and then I just realized how many different kind of orgasms are and then and actually I didn't I mean Struggling with orgasms mean that uh, you don't have the kind of orgasms you want. And there are so many women who say they don't have orgasms and they don't, they are not struggling with that because they are totally fine the kind of, with the kind of pleasure they have. I'm quite uh, sure they have different kind of orgasms that are maybe heart orgasms, maybe energetic orgasms, maybe full body uh, melting into the moment, uh, sensual orgasms or whatever. I had so many missed orgasms when I had orgasms and I just didn't know that they were orgasms because I expected them to be different. And, um, and it just amazes me like how this kind of expectations um, and what we think, but then these limiting beliefs uh, are holding us back to really experience ourselves. And actually what is exactly there in the moment is happening and you just even don't know about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something actually that I always do this in my womb healing program. So we talk in the beginning about pleasure and about orgasms and stuff like that. And a lot of the women will say, I've never had an orgasm before. And I'll say, okay, that's no problem at all. Let's just continue on with what we're doing. And then I go through and begin to talk about different kinds of orgasms. And then all of a sudden, these women who a few minutes ago were saying, I've never had an orgasm before, going, oh, well, I've had that. <laughs> but they yeah. didn't know that that was an orgasm because, like you said in the beginning, oftentimes our perception of what sex or an orgasm is, is something that we've seen on the TV. And it's yes. not a realistic representation of all of the different types of orgasm that exist so it's really funny because then we go from the beginning of them saying I've never had an orgasm to at the end of the session saying like well oh I that's definitely happened to me before I just didn't know that that's what that was yeah and then you describe your, yourself as an orgasmic person and and I saw this in relationships when they they um when the woman's partner thought that then it wasn't a successful um, experience. So it just goes that start to dance spiraling because she thought that all her orgasm has to feel like her clitoral orgasms felt. While actually she had several orgasms, she didn't have any like uh, uh, burnout after an orgasm or whatever. She just she could just go on. So there is no end. It is just pleasure after pleasure after pleasure. And she just didn't realize that she had an orgasm because especially about orgasms, we have this thing that that is the finishing thing. And people tell this, this is when we finish. It's just like, oh, orgasm, not a finishing 
thing. Not, not necessarily it can be can be the end of the of everything. But yeah, especially if you had aftercare, then it's especially not the end of the thing. And sometimes maybe this is why we don't have an orgasm. We just want to go further and further, and and we just don't want every, anything to finish. We just want to stay in the connection. Absolutely. Wow, what an amazing chat. I'm so glad that we decided to do this. Um, I know that there's just so much in there that the women in my community are going to just absolutely love listening to this. And I feel like as well, it's been great for me as well, you know, because sometimes like in, in the space that I'm in, you know, I'm it's it's me kind of guiding the way and so to be able to have this conversation with you and to kind of be able to go deeper into this together and kind of get that different layers of understanding has been really really interesting for me as well so thank you so much for doing this thank you this is so inspiring and it's so important for me to connect with people who who also do this work uh, everybody their own way but we have all the same basics and all the same goals to everybody to just feel open and happy and alive in their bodies and and thank you for inviting me because it feels amazing to be here and and having this conversation and i and i'm very happy if anything that i said helps to anybody <laughs> i would love for you to just share if people want to find you and connect with you and find out a little bit more about what it is that you do, where can they reach out to you or where can they find you on social media? Um, actually, one of the best ways to start is really my website is selfintimacy.org uh, because all my social media is listed here. There uh, on Instagram as well, my name is selfintimacy. My name is selfintimacy coach. Um, I'm very happy to write all of these down so it, it's going to be easier. You can also send me an email at connect at selfintimacy.org. And I post quite a lot of videos of very short here first practices to feeling in the body um, and about all my all the crazy other stuff that I do. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and I also have a newsletter, uh, which it's not, I don't send them very frequently, but uh, I, but they are interesting. And I do, it's interesting. <laughs> Amazing. So I will pop your website and the rest of your information in the bio underneath the podcast episode for anybody who's listening you can check that out now and thank you so much thank you very much thank you bye, bye.